The following is transcribed. Welcome to Bat Soup, the never nutritious, definitely delicious podcast dedicated to the old time radio adventures of Superman and the dynamic duo. Buckle your utility belts for lots of assumed names, plenty of automatic weapons, and unanswered questions galore. Before we get to today's adventure, let's pause for this important message. Uh, hey gang, we've got a really fun, really special announcement for you. Be on the lookout for specially marked cans of bat soup that'll be showing up on the shelves really soon, because inside those cans will be swell prizes that you can enjoy. We can't tell you what the prizes are just yet, because, well, that would spoil the fun, but you can take my word for it, gang, that you're gonna love them. There's all kinds of fun in store for you, and it won't cost you anything extra. Because these swell prizes are yours absolutely free, just for buying never nutritious, definitely delicious bat soup. And just like Superman when he's flying around to catch bad guys, or Batman and Robin when they're leaping from rooftop to rooftop, your imagination is going to soar. Keep listening for more details, gang, right here on Bat Soup. Family size available. And now, Bat Soup presents today's adventure, part nine of Looking for Kryptonite, as originally broadcast on December 14th, 1945. Kill the super delicious cereal presents the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Yes, it's Superman. And today, with the Man of Steel miles away, Batman and Robin are again ambushed, this time with all odds against them. We'll take you to the scene in a moment. But right now, let's join our good friend, Dan McCullough. Say, I know there are some times when you fellas in the gang have a different idea of what's fun than the girls do. But I know, too, that both fellas and girls like to get prizes. And that both fellas and girls are mighty excited about those smart-looking comic buttons that come now as prizes in packages of Kellogg's Pep. And no wonder why there's a bright-colored and so doggone slick-looking that, well, you get a real bang out of wearing them pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. You see, they're pictures of your favorite comic strip friends, characters that you've been following for a long time in the funny papers, like uh, Smiling Jack and, and Orphan Annie and Superman, of course. So, opening a new package of pep is a double feature treat because you have lots of good eating in this super delicious whole wheat flake cereal and you get a brand new button every time. Maybe a comic button that you don't have yet or maybe a duplicate that you can trade with your pals. But remember, these comic buttons are exclusive prizes in packages of Kellogg's Pep. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop, and you can't buy them anywhere. But inside every package of Pep, there's an exciting prize. One of these swell comic buttons or a military insignia or warplane button. That's P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now the adventures of Superman. <laughs> 
A mysterious criminal organization using the symbol of a crescent moon and star is believed by Superman to have knowledge of two missing pieces of kryptonite, the strange deadly element which gave the late Atom Man his terrible atomic power and which robs the Man of Steel of his great strength. With the aid of Batman and Robin, Superman followed the clue of Squealy Evers, a stool pigeon, to the Golden Lily, a nightclub frequented by underworld characters. As Superman remained on the stool pigeon's trail, Batman and Robin entered the nightclub, where they saw a girl singer introduced as Gloria Garrett, wearing a jeweled crescent and star in her hair. When the girl left, Batman and Robin leaped through the rear bumper of her car and were carried into the country. Suddenly, the car swung into a tree-bordered lane and stopped. And as our friends dropped to the ground, hidden lamps in the trees blazed into light, and a circle of ten men in evening clothes, all armed with blue steel automatics, were revealed. Dismayed, Robin gasped. Looks like we stepped into something, Batman. You're not kidding. And it doesn't look healthy. You have indeed stepped into something, Batman and Robin. Who's the party behind the handlebar and mustache? Your guess is as good as mine. Permit me to introduce myself. My name is Mr. Smith. My, what a nod name. Of the Sing Sing Smiths, I presume. <laughs> How clever. Strange that such clever fellows should let themselves be trapped. Isn't it? Uh, just for the record, uh, how did you do it? I can't you figure it out? I suppose the girl, uh, Gloria Garrett, was a plant, is that it? Excellent, Batman. Worthy of Sherlock Holmes himself. When we heard you and Robin managed to escape our little ambush on the dock and return to the coffee shop... How do you know we went back here? Easy. Squealy figure we would. So we hung around and spotted us. Then hustled to the Golden Lily to report. That's why we saw him coming out of there. Right? Right again. We were quite certain you would turn up at the Golden Lily eventually, so we arranged our little trap for you. <laughs> Gloria Garrett wearing the Crescent Star ornament was the bait. And we fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. Okay, Mr. Smith, you've got us. Now, uh, what do you intend to do with this? Mr. Jones will tell you that. Oh, another fancy moniker. Now, who's uh, Mr. Jones? You're about to find out. Felix Herbert, tie them up. Helpless in a circle of menacing automatics, Batman and Robin submit to having their hands tied firmly behind their backs. Then, shepherded by their captors, they are taken to a huge old house at the end of the tree-bordered lane. A brass plate beside the door gleams dully in the moonlight and reads, Dr. Joseph Winter's Sanitarium. In a large oak-paneled room, almost stiflingly hot, a great fire burns in a wide fireplace, beside which, at a flat-topped desk, a slender, scholarly-looking man with a shawl over his shoulders and wearing fascinated glasses sits writing. As Batman and Robin are ushered into the room, he lays aside his pen and picks up a glass atomizer, heavily encrusted with silver, which stands at his elbow. Opening his mouth, he sprays his throat, then calls irritably. Uh, close the door, please, Mr. Smith, as a draft. A little fresh air won't hurt you, Mr. Jones. It's like an oven in here. Nonsense. Fresh air is full of germs. Germs and disease. Uh, I'd better spray my throat again. What are you making this wacky setup, Batman? I think we're in the inner sanctum of the Crescent Star Gang. Wow. There. <clears throat> That's better. Now we can get down to business. I presume these young men in the masquerade costumes are Batman and Robin. That is correct, Mr. Jones. I suppose I should be flattered that such famous personalities are interested in us. But I'm not. Tell me, gentlemen, how did you find out about us? I uh, don't remember at the moment. Uh, do you, Robin? I'm afraid it slipped my mind. Here. Let me show you this silver coin. It is engraved with a crescent moon and a star. And was in your possession, Batman. Where did you get it? Uh, where? Oh, um, 
Uh, I I found it. Where did you find it? In, um, why, in the street. Sure, we tripped over it. Understand me, gentlemen, I intend to get at the truth by uh, one means or another. Now, about this coin. There are only a certain number of them in existence in the possession of specific persons. If one of them has seen fit to entrust you with this symbol without our knowledge, we should like to know about it. We didn't get it from any of your people. From whom did you get it? I told you, we found it. I don't believe you. If you let me take them below for an hour or so, Mr. Jones... The last person you took below died, Mr. Smith, and his information died with him. I should like to prevent that in this case, if possible. Uh, Say, uh, thank you, Robin. Should I make a curtsy, too? Apparently, neither of you think I'm serious. Believe me, gentlemen, I am. I want to know where you got this coin and any other information you have about us. Suppose we tell you, then what? Then you will save your lives. What assurance do we have of that? My word. Take the word of a murderer and crook? Are you kidding? Easy, easy, Robin. I will give you one more chance. Will you tell me what I want to know? Sure. We found the coin in a, um, in a grab bag. You'll find the most interesting things in grab bags. Very well. We'll see how long your sense of humor and your stubbornness last in uh, room zero. Where? Room zero. Once you're there, you'll understand the meaning of the name. Now take them away, Mr. Smith. With pleasure. Come, my friends. I am very proud of Room Zero. It is my own invention. I assure you there's nothing like it in the entire world. Nothing. As Batman and Robin are led to the mysterious Room Zero, Superman is streaking away from a small town 75 miles south of Metropolis, to which he trailed Squealy Evers, the underworld stool pigeon. Having seen Squealy retire for the night in a tourist cottage, and having enlisted the local police to watch him, the Man of Steel returns to the Golden Lily nightclub where he left Batman and Robin. Although it is four o'clock in the morning, the Golden Lily is still crowded and merry. Unable to find his friends, Superman in his guise of Clark Kent finally locates the waiter who served them. Now think. You recall the people I described to you? Sure, I remember the man and boy. They ordered turkey sandwiches and milk, but when I bought them, they gave me five dollars and left without eating. They did? Yes. The man said he remembered they had another appointment. When was this? Oh, a few hours ago, around midnight, I guess. Mm-hmm. Were they alone? Yes, just the two of them. Tell me, did you notice them talking to anybody? No, they were here only 10 or 15 minutes. Did they leave a message for me? My name is Kent, by the way. No, they did not, Mr. Kent. That is all the men said about another appointment. Huh. Didn't leave a message with a cashier or doorman, either. Well, I'll probably find one at home or at the office. Thanks, waiter. Here's something for your trouble. Thank you very much, sir. Good night. You're welcome. Good night. Well, another appointment, eh? Where, I wonder? And with whom? Only slightly uneasy, Clark Kent leaves the Golden Lily, unaware that Batman and Robin are in deadly peril. We'll return in a moment for the tense climax of today's episode. But first, here again is your announcer. You know, gang, I'll bet you've had more than a few chuckles out of the antics of Smokey Stover and the funny papers. Seems like he's always doing things backwards. So it's no wonder that the grand old Kellogg Company included him in this series of comic buttons that now come as prizes and packages of Kellogg's Pep. Boy, what a load of fun it is to get a new button every time Mom opens a package of Pep. 
If it's a duplicate, like one, you know, you already have in your collection, why, that's even more fun because you can trade it with one of your pals. And you can really strut around when you wear your collection of comic buttons pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. Aren't you glad these buttons are so easy to get? Why, you don't send in a single penny, not even a box stop. Fact is, you can't buy these comic buttons anywhere. But if you'll ask Mom to get you some of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep, you'll find an exciting prize in every package. One of these brilliant comic buttons or a military insignia or warplane button. It's a prize for you from P.E.P. Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. As Clark Kent, not yet fully alarmed, left the Golden Lily nightclub, Batman and Robin, their arms still tied behind them, were pushed into the mysterious Room Zero in the house of the Crescent and Star, and a heavy oaken door was locked and bolted behind them. The room in the basement of the house is small and windowless. The walls are of smooth concrete, and the only illumination is from a tiny electric bulb set in a recess in the ceiling. It is that ceiling which now engages Batman and Robin's alarmed attention. For every few moments, there is a sound as of heavy bolts slipping in a cogwheel. And the ceiling lowers slightly. Here it goes again, Batman. Look, the ceiling lowered some more. Only about an inch that time, Robin. And an inch before that, and another inch before that. It must have dropped six inches since we got in here. Just about. We've been here half an hour. Let's see. That's at the rate of a foot an hour. The ceiling's about eight foot high. So the rate is dropping, it'll take eight hours. Never mind the mathematics. I can add. I can figure out why they call this room zero, too. It means ceiling zero. I guess so. Nice sense of humor our newfound friends have. You're not kidding. Look, I don't relish the idea of being flattened out like a pancake. What are we going to do? I'm open to suggestions. Suppose we tell the head man with the atomizer that the coin we had belonged to his pal Sidney. No soap. We can't let them trace things back. Too many people are involved. Yes, there are no but... butts, Robin. Kent and Inspector Henderson know about this game. We've got to keep our mouths shut and hope that they get to them in time. Besides... Besides what? Even if we did tell them, you don't suppose knowing what we know about them, they'll turn us loose, do you? Oh, I never thought of that. Of course they wouldn't. What I should have done was left a message for Kent at the Golden Lily. Mark me down for a big goon. What good would it have done? We didn't know where we were going, and besides... The ceiling's dropping again. What'll we do, Batman? I don't know yet. Better dream up something soon, or we'll be a couple of pressed ducks. Attempting to hide their deep concern behind a mask of gaiety, Batman and Robin watch the ceiling descend toward them slowly. A fraction of an inch at a time, but steadily it drops lower and lower, with seemingly no chance of escape. And meanwhile, Clark Kent, who is Superman, has no clue to their whereabouts. Will they find a way out, or are Batman and Robin doomed? Fellows and girls, don't miss Monday's exciting episode as Batman and Robin sweat it out in Room Zero. Tune in, same time, same station, for the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman D.C. publications. Want to hear a scoop? A big scoop of Kellogg news? Well, listen to this. Kellogg's Variety is back. 
Yes, Kellogg's have scooped six of their most famous cereals into this grand variety carton. One carton containing ten separate generous size packages. So now, it's easier for Mom. She just gets Kellogg's variety, and everybody at the breakfast table can eat his favorite cereal fresh from its own box. Makes breakfast more fun than a picnic. Ask Mom right away to get Kellogg's variety. It's swell, no fooling. And be sure to be with us on Monday for the thrilling adventures of Superman. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. That was part nine of Looking for Kryptonite from the Adventures of Superman. Thanks for listening, and be sure to give us a like and subscribe to Bat Soup so you'll be in the know when we drop new episodes or make special announcements about bonus content. That'll wrap things up for this episode of Bat Soup, but be sure to tune in next time when you'll hear Inspector Henderson say... Oh, yes, Donovan. Did you get him? What? No. I see. Okay. Yeah, that's right. See you later.